Maybe. Yes, sir! Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined here in studio yet again by my co-host and resident golf sicko, Mr. Jonathan Teal. It's interview season, Teal. It is. It is. Uh, dropping this uh, on Thursday, and uh, another delightful interview, a... Um, Friend of the program at this point, I think, would be the Oklahoma State Cowgirl Golf Program in general. We've had some great success in getting to know Coach Robertson and uh, different players off of his squad. And fortunate enough, we just came off of the Australian Open. Talked about that on the recap pod this week. And Oklahoma State junior Madison Henson Tolchard. Got to uh, spend some time with. Had to work some time zone differentials, as I think I might allude to in the podcast. She uh, still in Australia, and so figuring out uh, an evening that would work of a morning for her was complicated. How, how does that work? Is time a flat circle, or is the Earth a flat circle? Too. You know, I always get those two confused. I'm still researching it, and I'm yeah. not ready to commit quite yet. Uh, nevertheless, uh, though we were in different time zones. Uh, hit it off and had a great chat about the Oz Open, about Okie State women's golf, and uh, some just great golf talk in general. Yeah, Madison, a, a, I would have said a budding superstar, but I don't think that's – I think she's just a superstar now, right? So the reigning Big 12 Player of the Year, second team All-American last season, um, only has furthered her career uh, in the fall start as well. So big expectations uh, from her in the spring uh, for sure for that Oklahoma State women's program but uh, yeah she's she's a super duper star now she is and um as you'll tell from the interview i think has a personality to match so expect uh fun and big things out of maddie uh here this spring season well what do you say we get to it my friend let's do it all right maddie excited very excited to have you uh on the podcast on uh, admittedly short notice and so uh Appreciate your graciousness and giving uh, give me, giving me some time from the other side of the world. How are you this evening? I'm pretty good. It's morning over here, so I've basically just woken up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a time difference uh, here on a on an evening, and it's tomorrow morning for you. So, uh, podcast world has taken us all over sorts of time zones, but I think this is the farthest away yet. So, again, appreciate your time. I'm going to, I'm going to dive right into Australian open. I mean, the reason I wanted to try to nab a little bit of your time is because I was so excited to, to watch it this past week. And then to have a, uh, what we now consider a local girl, uh, playing in the, uh, event was pretty cool. Was it as cool of an event to play in as it uh, was to watch it on TV? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I got to play with some pretty cool people. I got to see some old friends that I hadn't seen in a really long time, which was awesome. Um, but I think what was good about this year is they had the men's and women's tournament combined. So you not only got to watch the women play, but you got to see the men and the men, uh, are, they're incredible. So, and they had a really strong field, just like the women this year. So um, it was, it was a really awesome place to be for the week. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, I, that was one of the first questions I had kind of on my side list here is the, uh, the mixed event nature of the Australian Open this year. You just said men playing on the same course as the women. 
Um, really like in terms of the pairings, it was, you know, back to back, every other group was men's group, women's group, which was really cool to watch. Kind of give us a feel for what it was like to play in an event as a mixed event. Yeah, we don't really get to do it very often. So, um, getting to walk on the range and see all the star studded players from the men's field was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, they had Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman, um, Adam Scott was there. So there was some pretty big names in golf from around the world that were on the range next to me. Um, the Hodgegaard brothers that play on the DP world tour. I mean, they were warming up next to me one day and I didn't even realize until dad told me, (laughs) um, so yeah, it was it was pretty awesome and I mean like you said there was like every other group was a men's group and then a women's group and then a men's group so you could see them playing in front of you and it's like completely different how they play the golf courses to how we were playing it. So yeah, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, it was uh it was a lot of fun to watch and you know, we're very um kind of big proponents of, of women's golf and frankly enjoy watching the women's game as much, or maybe even more honestly than the men's game because of the, the nuance of watching golf in that way. And I was struck by how, since it was back-to-back groups, like you got to see how, for instance, you guys attacked the first hole at Victoria, which is a short par four, uh, versus how the guys did kind of talk through even that hole in particular, how the difference was there. Yeah. So that hole for us, for the women, we were only about maybe 10 meters in front of where the guys were teeing off and it was playing 225 meters. So for a lot of us, that's around like hybrid to driver, depending on how far you hit it. I hit hybrid and three wood, um, the days that I played it. Um, but it, it's a short hole, but it's tough at the same time because like the bunkers are like guarding the pins and there's runoff areas everywhere. So if you don't put yourself in the right position, you can easily walk off with like a bogey or a double, but at the same time you can walk off with an Eagle or a birdie. So it was a really tough hole to start like each day, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I could totally see how that particular hole would be fun and how it was definitely fun to watch uh, the ladies attack it in one way and the men attack it another way. And honestly, like the scoring, you know, was was similar. Right. So I thought that was it was just an interesting yeah. dynamic to see that all play out you know, in real time. Let's stay with the golf courses for a second. Uh, Kingston Heath and Victoria Golf Club were the two courses uh, that the Australian Open was played over uh, in this rendition. I'm kind of curious, how familiar were you with those two courses and what were the biggest differences, if any, in how those two courses played during the event? Um, So I played Kingston Heath about four years ago in a Victorian amateur, and then I played Victoria Golf Club three years ago in an Australian amateur, uh, an Australian master of the amateurs. Um, So I had played the courses a couple of times, but it had been a few years. So having to rejog the memory was definitely, I had to do that. Um, But the Victoria Golf Club, I would say, Um, is a lot more open. Um, You have the opportunity to probably hit your driver a little bit more wayward if you did do that off the tee and you could probably find it a little bit easier. There's a lot of um, 
I feel like Kingston Heath, the fairway is a lot more narrow and it's more of a placement golf course. Like you can't just bash driver everywhere. You have to sort of think about maybe irons off the tees or three woods and hybrids here and there because you can run easily through the fairways and there's like these little low lying shrubs everywhere. And if you go in them, you're just dead. So, and Kingston uh, was a little bit, um, softer around the greens. Uh, Victoria Golf Club was so firm. I don't think I fitched, fixed a pitch mark all week on the greens. <laughs> it was insane. Oh, yeah. um, so you could be a little bit more aggressive to certain pin placements at Kingston, but they were still firm at the same time. So you could be aggressive, but not too aggressive, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And so speaking to the firm and fast nature of, um, of Victoria in particular, uh, I'm sure even Kingston Heath, relative to what you um, had just come from, you know, uh, in the States playing was probably uh, extremely firm and fast in a relative sense. How long, I guess, how long were you in Oz ahead of playing in these events? And what what does a player do to adjust to that difference in you know turf condition? Uh, so I flew in, I had a couple of flight issues trying to get back to Australia initially. So I didn't get in until really early on Sunday morning. Um, and that gave me the whole day to sort of get settled. And um, dad and I were in a nice Airbnb. So we just sort of chilled out for the rest of Sunday. Um, and then on Monday, I was straight into it with practice rounds. Um, I got to play with Kari Webb and Sarah. Jane Smith and Gabby Ruffles, who attended USC a couple of yeah. years ago. Um, so it was good to play with them. And um, Kari's obviously won around Victoria before. So I got a bit of insight from her and just got to watch her play the course as well, which was really cool. Um, but the grasses are so tight. So you just have to muck around around the greens as much as you can and really try and get a feel for the different kinds of shots you want to play. Um, like there's not many times that you can sort of play the high flop shots it's more you have to run it along the ground with like a six iron or something or even putt from off the green right so you just sort of had to figure out what felt best for you and for me it was more running them along the ground if I was short-sighted um and the putting as well like the pace of the greens was probably something I struggled with on the first couple of days just trying to get a feel for it but um yeah it's it's tough going trying to adapt from the US back to the sand belt that's for sure <laughs> yeah i can only can only imagine um well you you know you quitted yourself nicely you made the initial cut uh and then just missed out on the the secondary cut which uh was kind of a a twist on how they set things up for this year or uh, for this uh for this event so how but how would you assess your play i mean as a as an amateur coming over high level amateur coming over um, to play in a professional event, uh, making the cut is certainly nothing to sneeze at, but how, what was your self-assessment of, uh, of your week? Um, I think as a whole, I'm pretty happy with how I went, um, would have loved to have made the second cut and have played on Sunday, but that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, I hit it pretty solid most of the week. Um, it was just more the putting that let me down the first two days, um, I struggled with not so much the pace, but just the lines because the greens were so fast. Um, you had to really pick the right line. And if it wasn't dead in the center, then it was lipping out and you just had to take it as it came. Um, but it was, it was fine. I putted a lot 
better on the third day. Um, I actually ended up changing putter after the second round. Oh, wow. Because I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm struggling so much and like something had to change. So um, I ended up changing putter <laughs> and it worked a lot better. <laughs> I putted a lot better on the second day, uh, on the third day. And um, I ended up finishing with three birdies in my last five holes. So it was a, it was a solid finish, even though I missed the second cut. So um, lots of positives to take out of the week. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Great experience. And, uh, you know, that's your first Australian Open that you got to play uh, a few years back. I guess the last time that was played. And um, great to see you back over there getting to take it on. I think before we leave Australian Open Talk, you mentioned his name, so I got to bring it up. I know that <laughs> via social media, I saw that you got some uh, some FaceTime with our man Cameron Smith. And we yes. have to ask, you know, is that mullet as glorious in person as it is on TV? Oh, yes. <laughs> it is something else, that's for sure. Uh, it was a bit of a crazy, crazy day that day. Um, I was just playing a practice round with one of my good friends um, that I hadn't seen in a while, Cassie Porter. And we had just played the front nine and we were only a two ball. And we were on the ninth green and we we're just putting away. And we saw um, Cam and um, another guy from Perth, Jason Scrivener, who plays on the DP World Tour and the Australian stuff. And they walked onto the tee and Cassie and I looked at each other and we we're like, oh, they're probably just going to tee off in front of us and push in front of us. And we we're like, oh, that's fine. We'll just putt for a little bit longer. And then Cam Smith, um, his caddy came over to us and he was like, oh, hi, girls. Like, do you mind if the guys join you? And I was like, yep, go for it. Like, <laughs> come play. <laughs> and our normal casual practice round turned into like, a couple of hundred people watching us, cameras everywhere. And I, I got to tell you, I was so nervous on that first tee box when we were teeing <laughs> off. I was like, holy goodness me, like what is going on? And um, yeah, I calmed down after the first tee shot and it was just cool to watch his short game in person because he's a magician. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really cool stuff getting to play alongside him and Jason. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we uh us that, that follow that stuff closely, we're uh we're pretty stoked that um you two got to uh spend some time with each other on the course. Pretty 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 cool as a fan to to see you guys do that together. Well, again, great week at the Australian Open. Um really enjoyed watching you and watching the coverage. Um I do want to back up a little bit. I'm kind of I don't know if I'm doing this podcast in reverse, but I want to back up and talk a little bit about your backstory for those who maybe aren't as hardcore into uh, college golf and amateur golf as we are, how does a girl from Perth, Australia, wind up in Stillwater, Oklahoma? Um, well, I played as a junior over in the U.S. for two summers. I played in 2018 and 2019. I went over with um, my dad and my mom and my sister and played a couple of tournaments um, and coach Maddie found me at a U.S. junior qualifier in 2019. Um, it was just when they were moving down to Stillwater because they had just got their right. coaching gig down there. Um, and Maddie came and found me and um, like introduced herself and um, we had a bit of a chat. And then uh, Greg came and watched me play at IMG Junior Worlds and the U.S. junior that year as well. 
Um, and then I came on my official visit, I think in like September, 2019, and then ended up committing just after I graduated high school um, in like December of 2019. So it was a pretty quick process in the end. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I ended up where I did. Well, yeah, you mentioned Maddie, that'd be Maddie Sweeney, the assistant coach for the OSU Cowgirls, and then Greg Robertson, the head coach, uh, coming from uh, Kent State and, and recruiting you. And man, it's been a great last few years in Stillwater. Um, seems like you've really come into your own as a player during that time. You know, I, I do want to take, take you back. I think it was last, is this still 2022? Good gracious. This January, this past January, where you're coming off your first win as a collegiate and you're kind of thrust into a leadership role, really, after a couple of transfers, kind of how did you handle um, that transition and um, being on a really, really strong team, having some some transfers happen and kind of being thrust into that leadership role? How did uh, how did you handle that? It was a bit of a, a crazy couple of months that we had because we um, we had come off such a strong finish at nationals and we had such a full on team like we had so many good players and I was like struggling to get a position in the team. I was really fighting for it. So um, it was a bit, bit of a crazy couple of months when we lost a couple of the girls, but um, I mean, back home in, in Perth, I played on multiple state teams, both for juniors and women. Um, and I was always sort of one of the highest players in those teams. And I captained the junior state team, um, two years in a row in my last couple of years. Um, so leadership wise, it wasn't too much of a new scenario for me. Um, and I quite enjoy, um, taking charge sometimes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I hope I do a good job and that the girls look up to me a lot. Um, and I try not to be too overbearing. I just try to be really confident and positive around everyone and make sure everyone's having a good time. And if anybody needs help, I'm there to help them out. Um, so it's not too much of a, a crazy job to have to take on, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. Well, I assume it, you know, it ended up being made easier. You, you got to finish off last semester, big 12 player of the year. You win the, uh, your medalist at, at regionals have a really good, NCAAs, um, you know, already two top 10 finishes this, this fall, if I remember correctly. Um, and I got to ask how much better of a player, uh, not only are you, but throughout the squad and the men's squad from having to play Karsten Creek day in, day out. Yeah. Karsten's a bit of a beast, especially <laughs> when the wind's blowing. Um, yeah, that place definitely challenges us. Um, and I think that was one thing that I really enjoyed about having regionals there is we play that place day in, day out, and we know it like the back of our hand. And if the wind's blowing, we shouldn't be too concerned about that because we're so used to it. Um, so I I really fed off my confidence that week, and I had my mum there as well. That was the first time she had ever been in town. Um, so it was lucky that I ended up winning with her around which was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, Carsten, uh, it only makes us better. We have to really adapt to all kinds of weather conditions. So when we're on the road, like whatever's thrown at us, like we've dealt with it before. So it's not too bad. Right. Yeah. I got to believe having, having played there multiple times myself that, uh, 
if you're teeing it up at Karsten day in, day out, there's a, there's a lot of um, growing up in a hurry that you have to do uh, learning to play golf out there. Well, tell me, like, stay on the Karsten front. Tell me your, uh, give me your favorite hole at Karsten and then give me your least favorite hole. Oh, goodness. Um, favorite hole. Um, I generally birdie seven a lot and I've had a hole in one on hole seven as well. Oh, okay. So I really, really enjoy playing seven. Um, when it comes to least favorite hole, I probably don't have a least favorite hole, but the one that I struggle with the most and probably bode me the most, um, is either hole four or 17. 17 is an absolute beast. (laughs) When the wind's um, blowing, that hole is killer. <laughs> total killer. And then uh, number four, is that the short-ish four? Yeah, the short one down. You wouldn't think I would bogey that a lot, but for some reason that hole just, I don't know why I don't play it so well. But yeah, shortish one down, dog leg left. Yeah, it is a little tricky. It can be a little blind depending on how you put your tee shot in there. So that's understandable. Uh, we got a, we have a lot of listeners and a lot of close friends that uh, are Karsten members or uh, really admire Karsten Creek. So thanks for giving us a little little Karsten Karsten talk. That's definitely appreciated. Uh, well, you talked about kind of the great experience of having your mom in town for the regional. I want to talk about a, what I assume was another great experience at the U.S. Women's Amateur um, at Chambers Bay. Uh, you played great, you know, made match play and actually think got through the round of 32. Just, uh, I guess, first of all, take me to Chambers Bay as a golf course. Another, another thing that was a joy to watch on TV and I would assume was uh, as much of a joy to play. Yeah, that place was incredible. Um, very hilly in places and um, definitely another place where you had to position yourself well off the tee because there was a couple of tricky tee shots. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great week. Um, I had dad on the bag that week, which was really awesome. He flew over, um, from Australia and caddied for me, which was really awesome. Cause he hadn't done that in a couple of years either. Um, <laughs> it was good to have him there and get to experience it with me. Yeah. That's a talk about a great one, two combo with the parents of, uh, having mom at regionals and having dad at the USAM. That's a, that's a pretty special year. Um, well, let's stay on golf courses because I'm sure I know this is not the definitive list. This is just from what I know that you've played in, but you've been on kind of a heater in terms of golf courses in 2022. You know, we've already mentioned Victoria, Kingston Heath, um, Chambers Bay. You get to play Karsten every day. I'm pretty sure that you got to play Pebble this year in the Carmel Cup. You've been up to Medina. Lay golf national, if I remember correctly, from yep. one event. So, and I'm sure I'm I'm probably leaving some out, but I don't even know how to ask this question. Maybe rank like your your best court, your favorite courses, maybe outside of Karsten Creek. You know, we'll, we'll protect <laughs> the innocent, but give me your your favorite courses of 2022. Um, righto. Uh, I definitely think. My favorite one that I've probably played um, was Chambers Bay. I thought that place was awesome. It was such a challenge and um, I I don't know, just the way it was designed, I really enjoyed. Um, 
Pebble Beach was just incredible because of the history of the place um, and just getting to walk the fairways and play it four days in a row. Like you don't get to do that at all unless you're in tournament play. So I mean, even the, was- even in the tournament, even in the, yeah. the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the guys don't get to play it four days in a row. Yeah. So that was really, really special. Um, I mean, playing over in France, um, I've never played golf in Europe. So that was really, really cool to be able to play like the Golf National where they had the Ryder Cup. And then we played another course, which I don't really know how to pronounce, but it was like something like St. Nom Bretesh or something. And that was really quite a beautiful course. There was apple trees all over the place and it was very European old school style, I felt. So that was really beautiful. Um, And then getting to play back home, I mean, nothing beats that for me. I love the sand belt. The courses on the sand belt are unlike anything you see anywhere else in the world. Um, so I think they're definitely up there with some of the best. Yeah, man. I uh, I say regularly that the college golfers, especially at high-level programs and high-level amateurs, ha- have it made when it comes to uh, getting to experience some very awesome golf courses so i'm uh i'm happy for you because those are uh those are some bucket listers for most people so well done on the uh on the golf course front well again talking a little bit more osu golf i'm just kind of curious you know going into the spring uh season you know i think tournaments won't fire up maybe until february but what uh, are you personally hoping to kind of improve upon most um heading into the spring uh just as an individual and then, uh, I don't know, maybe throw me the event uh, that you're looking forward to playing the most in the spring. Um, personally, um, I think I had a pretty good fall season. Um, there was a couple of things here and there that I definitely felt needed some improving. Um, I cost myself a couple of shots putting here and there, which um, that's going to be a focus uh, going into the spring for sure. I'm going to be doing quite a bit of work over the next couple of weeks with my coach back home. Um, So we'll get technical stuff sorted and everything ready to go for the spring. Um, But like always, we do so much wedge work and chipping and putting um, in like the school stuff. Um, So we'll be doing that pretty much most days, I would assume. Um, So that's always a big focus for me because if I'm strong in those areas, then I'm going to have good weeks. as far as tournaments go, I definitely am looking forward to going to the Bahamas. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think everyone on the team would say the same thing. Um, I mean, Victor won yesterday. I know. So, I mean, good vibes for our team going there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, um, I can't even think about what else we've got coming up. But, yeah, Bahamas for me is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was coach Robertson's answer when, when I asked him back in the fall, uh, what, what is he looking forward to? Uh, so apparently everybody's looking to get out of cold still water in February and down to some warm weather, which is very, very understandable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we basically started this podcast off talking about a short par four that being the opener at Victoria and we are huge fans of a short par four on, on our podcast, so much so that we always end our guests' appearances with a series of questions that we call the short par four. So I'm going to throw four questions at you, kind of you know, somewhat rapid fire, 
golf, golf adjacent. And, uh, you can just kind of give me the first thing that, that comes to mind. Um, this first one I think is going to be relatively easy, but the tee shot on the short par four is always having the guest tell us about their last round of golf. That you just last round, last <laughs> round of golf was my last round at the Aussie Open. <laughs> I had I had one over and finished with a birdie on the last. <laughs> yeah, norm, yeah. Normally, we've got guests of all you know all different backgrounds, and uh, sometimes they have to think really hard about when did I last play golf. But for you, that was fairly easy to remember. Um, second shot on the short par four. I want you, and this may be tough. Tell me a player out on tour that you love to root against. Root against. Oh goodness. Um, men's or women's? <laughs> I would. Most people go the men's route, but you can take it either way. Um, men's tour. trying to think of people um oh i'm trying to think of his name i know exactly his face um patrick reed ah. <laughs> <laughs> i had to think about it i knew his face but patrick reed <laughs> i you know what I, even though our listeners you know didn't couldn't um envision who you were going to say i bet they were all yet they're all yelling at the radio or the their iphone right now patrick reed they're probably all yelling yeah. patrick reed. <laughs> Goodness. uh well that's a common answer so even though you took a while to think of him that uh, that's a fairly common response uh okay third shot birdie putt short par four you only get to play one more round of golf in your life what course are you going to play it on with the caveat that it does have to be a course that you've previously played. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I had it right away. <laughs> um, previously played. Oh, probably Pebble Beach. Hard to turn down that walk by the ocean. No doubt about it. That was pretty special. Just because we're curious, what's the bucket list course? Augusta. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> that that's in play. That's in play. I know. Right? <laughs> Augusta National Women's Amateur is uh, definitely yeah. in play. Okay. Well, uh, tapping in for par on the short par four, we are going to make a movie about the golf life of Maddie Tolchard. What famous golfer is going to play you in the movie? Hannah Green. Oh, nice. Country woman, outstanding yeah. <laughs> golfer. And uh, and she has some uh, she has some flair to her. So good, good choice. Hannah, Hannah Green, one of our co-hosts, favorite Australian golfer, Hannah Green. Well, Maddie, this is uh it's been a lot of fun. I I really do wish we had more time. I know that we're battling all sorts of time zone issues between me trying to put kids to bed and you just waking up. It's uh it's quite a quite a crazy time to do a podcast, but I appreciate you coming on and I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a good chat. We will uh, we'll work on getting you back on in the spring once the uh, OSU season gets going. Sounds good. All right. Cheers. Well done by you again, my friend. Well, thanks. want to thank 
Maddie for joining us. Um, sounds like she is going to spend a little bit more time down under before she heads back uh, for the, uh, the spring semester. And again, just as, as I'm sure everybody could tell, a fun personality, uh, easy an easy golf chat to have. She, um, you can tell from some of her responses, is definitely uh, would categorize herself in the golf sicko category. And um, I'm even more excited to watch her play golf this uh, this spring. She's she's very active on on Instagram. I believe her Instagram is at Maddie Tolchard with an underscore at the end. Um, as all golfers who get to travel around and do a bunch of cool stuff, she tends to post some cool pics. So I'd encourage you to give her a follow. Yeah, tough, uh, tough gig there, right? Right, so traveling right, yeah. around, playing the best golf courses in the world, getting to be a college. We've always joked on this podcast uh, hundreds of times over the last few years that a college golfer is the job that we want uh, most, right? It is life. <laughs> Pretty good stuff there, bud. Uh, well, uh, speaking of Instagram and Twitter, my friends, so throw those plugs out there, bud. Yeah, at YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll be active this holiday season, uh, keeping the the golf banter going before we kind of roll into a Hawaiian golf season. We'll, we'll try not to let folks down and keep the golf appetite a little bit wet. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be here before we know it. So January right around the corner. And of course for us here at the sports pros network, you can check us out on the web at fantasysportspros.com or you can follow us on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember that is pros with an E P R O S E holiday season here, interview season here. Good job, bud. So I, I'm enjoying uh, going through all these interviews with you. Uh, I, you get to, you get, Get to have the fun, but you have to do all the work. I kind of get the easy part, right? I guess you get to do the intro and outro. So uh, this this is kind of nice. Hey, man, it takes a whole team. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you on the next one. As always, get out there and enjoy the walk. (laughs) 